Hey everybody, welcome to Anchor Church Online. Wasn't that incredible worship? Thanks for joining us today, wherever you may be. Um, I got a great word prepared for you today, but before I get into that, I want us to take a moment to remember and honor what Memorial Day weekend is really all about. In a moment, we're going to sing a special Navy hymn to honor those who gave the ultimate sacrifice for our country. And to do that today, I want to introduce you again to our good friend, Navy Chaplain Trevor Carpenter. The Navy hymn, which is known also as Eternal Father Strong to Save, was written in 1860 by William Whiting of Winchester, England. He was actually writing it in honor of a young sailor who was on his way to America. It's a British song, and it was written in the 1800s, but would be used not only in the 1800s by the British, but by the Americans, and translated into French. In fact, by the end of the 1800s, the song would be sung almost anywhere around the world that the British Empire was known. The interesting thing about the hymn is that it's actually written with the inspiration from Psalm 107. We know this song because it starts off by saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. But later on in the, in the psalm, it talks about how God's power and his strength over times of chaos. It says that there'll be people who go to sea and in the sea they will see the storms and the winds and the waves. Now this is incredibly biblical because you see, the water in biblical metaphor also means chaos. So for example, in the creation narrative account, God hovers over the water or he hovers over the chaos and he speaks land out of the chaos or order out of the chaos. Later on, God will take the Israelites and he will separate the water. He will separate the chaos and the Israelites will walk on order into the promised land. Joshua is allowed to be a part of the same kind of miracle. And even in the New Testament, Jesus, when the disciples are out on the stormy waters, Jesus does what? He walks on the water. He walks over the chaos. So as we hear this song, as you see these words, I don't want you to just think of this as, as a patriotic song or as a naval hymn. For people like me and have the opportunity to serve in the Navy, I'm gonna remember lots of different ceremonies, lots of different places, lots of different loved ones. On a weekend like this, I, I do remember my friends who have died in service for our country. And I'm gonna think about those chaotic moments. But I'm also gonna think about Christ who walks over the chaos. So whether you've served or whether you've been in the civilian life, we've all had chaos. We've all had recent chaos. And I think one thing we can all be unified on is that when we look to Jesus, his love endures forever, we're all like those sailors out at sea. And we can imagine Jesus walking over the chaos and like Peter, pulling us up out of the chaos and into order. Think about those things while we worship. Sweet. 
Let us pray. Father, out here on this island, there are perils all around us. There are perils at sea, and then there's also perils in our heart and our mind. On a weekend like this, where I can't help but remember friends and loved ones who have gone before us, I also remember you because Jesus, you went before us and you died in our place while all of us rebelled against our heavenly Father and all of us were deserving of the treasonous repercussions of our insurrection, of our own mutiny against the Holy Father who is captain. Jesus, you stood up and you died for us. So while we take a moment to remember all the different men and women who have died for our governmental freedoms, our political freedoms, our country's freedoms, we stop and give you the ultimate glory, Jesus, because you gave all of us our eternal freedoms by dying for us gladly. Father, I pray for those people that are suffering perils right now, suffering chaos right now, financial chaos, physical chaos, occupational chaos, health chaos. I pray for the health workers on our state here, working around to make sure that we are one of the most healthiest states in the entire union. Lord, we are grateful for them. We are grateful for their services. But for those that are still in the middle of the valley, May your rod and your staff comfort us and guide us. And may you bless those that are worshiping with us today and may you draw near to you those that are away from us. We love you. I love you, Jesus. And it is in your name that I ask you to carry these prayers to our Father. Amen.
Wow, what an incredibly powerful moment. What an incredible song. And thank you, Trevor, for that backstory on that one. Man, Memorial Day weekend, here we are. Well, I've got a good word for you guys this weekend. I hope so. God put it in my heart. It's been rumbling around. And I, I, I wanted to share something with you before we jump into the word. And this past weekend, um, I don't know if you're aware, but we were up here at the church, the staff and I, for Saturday and Sunday for a few hours each day. And our, our desire was to kind of help people out who are going through the battle, the whole virus deal. We're all locked up in quarantine. And just to kind of, as a show of good faith and to help people out and to bless people, we, we got all these masks, these nice Tory Richard masks, and we asked anybody and everybody to come driving on up, and basically you get free masks from us, as many as you wanted, anybody, whether you're in the church or not. But really what we were just trying to do was just to, to love on people, just to let you see our faces, that we could see your faces as you just drove up and we'd hand you the masks in the car. And this is what was so cool is, we, the staff, me personally, I thought I was doing my thing to like, man, I'm going to help some people. I want to encourage some people, maybe pray with some people. And I was all ready to be the one that was helping others. But this is the crazy thing that happened is so many of the people that drove up, so many of you guys, our friends, our church family, you guys actually ended up helping me. Like I was blown away. I thought I was going to bless you with a mask and say all of this cool stuff. And you guys came up and, and you offered gifts, you offered food, you offered, I got some really cool like single dad packs with like Vienna sausage, hamburger helper, monster energy drinks, the kind of stuff that I actually rely on that was really cool. Thank you so much. But just the, the heartfelt love and the prayers that people prayed for us. I mean, I was just so blessed. I can't believe what a difference that made in me. And here's the deal. I thought I was showing up to help someone else. What happened was all these people up coming up in the same battle that I'm going through, a lot of them are in worse shape than where I'm at in my life. Honestly, there's health problems. There's people who lost jobs. But what they were doing was loving on me and helping me. And that ties right into the message today is that we're in this series right now, and it's entitled, How to Deal with a Bad Day. And what we're getting this from is that Jesus, on his very absolute worst bad day ever, we guys know, we know the story that how his life ended. The worst day, he went to the Last Supper to be with his disciples. He got arrested that night. Um, he was put on trial. He was falsely accused. He ended up being crucified on the cross, his worst day ever. But in the midst of this, here's what our series is based on. He gave seven statements, seven life lessons for us on how we can cope with having a really bad day. Now, you find these seven statements and these seven lessons Throughout the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you don't find them all in one book. You have to read through all of the synoptic Gospels to kind of find these seven statements. But he made some powerful lessons, and they're lessons for us on how we can deal with a bad day. We're getting our scripture this, this morning or evening, whenever you're watching. We're getting it today from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 in the message. Now listen to this. This is really good. It describes Jesus. It says, Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. In other words, we're all in this life race together. But listen to what it says. Study how he did it. It says, because he never lost sight of where he was headed, that exhilarating finish in and with God. Because of that, it says, he could put up with anything along the way. Cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor right alongside God. Now, Jesus made these heavy statements on the cross that day. And the first lesson that he taught us, if you remember last week, Pastor Tom gave us this incredible word on forgiveness. The first thing that he basically told us is, here's how you deal with a bad day in your life, is forgive those that have hurt you. It might, might be the reason you're going through the bad day is because someone has said something or done something to you. 
And one of the first and greatest ways that we can get over having a bad day and dealing with it is to forgive the people that maybe have caused that bad day. If there's someone in your life right now, I challenge you, backing up the word from last week is learn in your heart to forgive that person. And maybe they're sitting next to you right now on the couch or at home. But I'm just telling you, here's a word for your life is forgive those around you that have hurt you. First lesson that Jesus gave on the cross. Remember what he said? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That Jesus taught us. And But here's a second lesson today I want to talk to you guys about. And it's kind of the title of my message today is one word. It's help. Last week was forgive. This week is help. Here's the lesson. Help others who are in the same battle. If you're going through a rough day, one of the greatest things that's going to bless your life and get your mind off your own bad day is when you look at someone else and you're able to help them as they're going through similar circumstances in the same battle as you. And I want to talk about that today. We get this lesson from Jesus on the cross, and here's where we hear him talk about this. In Luke 23, verses 39 through 43, in the New Living Translation, it says, One of the criminals hanging beside him, if you remember the story, Jesus was hung on the cross, but there was also two other criminals, two thieves that were on on crosses as well, being crucified next to him. And one of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed, so you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it. But the other criminal protested, hey man, don't you fear God even when you've been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our sins, but this man right here, this Jesus... This man hasn't done anything wrong. And then he said to Jesus, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And this is cool. This is where Jesus turns it in the middle of his worst day ever. He takes time to encourage this guy. He says this, Jesus replied, I assure you today, you will be with me in paradise. Now this is crazy because we're talking about how do we get through and how do we deal with a bad day? Here's Jesus modeling something to us in the middle of, he, sh- he should have been on that cross, suffering, in pain, not talking. Instead, he chooses this lesson to teach us, hey, help someone else that's going through the same battle that you are. And he says, I assure you today, you'll be with me in paradise. And so as we learn to help others who are in the same battle as us, there's a few things that this does for us. Number one, I don't know if you're taking notes or like I said, mental notes, but remember this, here's what it's gonna do for you to bring you back to having a good day. If you're in a bad day, and you're trying to help someone else, here's what it does. It takes your eyes off yourself. One of the greatest things that when you help someone else that's going through the same battle is you know what it does? It breaks up your pity party. So many times we get caught and we get single-minded and selfish on ourselves and we're like, oh, poor me, my life's terrible, COVID-19, I'm locked inside, my money, you know, whatever. And it's rough circumstances. But when you learn to focus on helping someone else, it kind of breaks up your own pity party. And you know, it's not really that great of a party anyway. One of my youth pastors when I was young said, when you throw a pity party, no one, it's the worst party ever. No one even comes to your party except the devil. He's the only guy that shows up to that party, the pity party, and all he's doing is laughing at you and mocking you and making fun of you. And he goes, that's no party. So get off your pity party. One of the greatest things about helping other people going through the same battle is it gets your eyes off yourself. I showed up online to one of our men's groups, the men's brotherhood the other day. And I was going through my own stuff, my own situations, but I showed up and I heard what all my friends, my brothers are going through in life the same. And you know what? Suddenly it got my eyes off myself and I realized we're all in this thing together. First thing, it takes your eyes off yourself. Second thing it does when you help others in the same battles, it it brings solutions 
It brings solutions that you never saw before. I don't know how many times I've, I've prayed and I'm going through a hard situation and I'm confused and I'm not coming up with the answers and I don't know what to do and there's fear of the unknown and there's all this anxiety and stuff. And what I find is when I start speaking life and encouraging someone else that's going through the same battle, I start realizing that the words I'm giving them are words that I should actually be using on myself. Is that it actually helps bring solutions when you're able to speak life into someone else. You find you're speaking life into yourself. I've been doing a lot of watching myself online preaching lately. I used to hate it completely. I would never, ever do it before. But because we're recording it beforehand and then we're showing it on the weekend services, it's been a blessing for me to actually sit in and worship multiple services and then watch myself preach. And at first, man, it's a hard thing. I criticize myself. I hate the way I sound. I hate the way I look, all of this stuff. But what I've been learning is as I'm listening to what I'm preaching, I'm like, wait a minute, that's actually pretty good. Wait, that's actually pretty good. Like, I find that when I'm preaching to other people, it helps me to come up with solutions that I didn't see in my own life. So this is one of the things it can do to help you when you're talking to someone else in the same battle. The third thing is it minimizes the problem. When you think about the problem it, um, it, in general and you look and you're helping other people, it gives you a whole new fresh perspective on your own problem. Suddenly you realize your own problem isn't that big of a deal. It's not that bad. And you become a little bit more grateful for what you actually have when you realize that everybody else is hurting too. So those are some good things that it does for us to help other people. Isaiah 58 verse 10 and 11 says this, that we should feed the hungry and help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. The Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you're dry and restoring your strength. You'll be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. Man, you want to have that kind of a blessed life? What did it start off by saying? Feed the hungry and help those that are in trouble. Here's a, a, a repeated Bible premise that you're going to find all throughout the scriptures is, you bless others and you will get blessed. It's incredible when, when you give help and you give hospitality and resources and money and food and whatever it is that you can give, you're going to find that you're not just blessing somebody else, that the generosity is actually growing you. That's the craziest thing about helping other people. This past week, we had the privilege through our Anchor Dream Center and our outreach teams. We served over 200 people by giving them bags of food and resources and blessings in life. And, and I love being able to do that. I love that our church is able to have the resources to give stuff away. We got another 200 people signed up already this week that are in need. And we're just going to continue this thing. But what a good feeling it is to, to not just allow them to be blessed, but you know what generosity does? It, it, it uplifts me. Uh, I got to give up. I've been carrying a bag around. I don't know if you guys know. I've talked earlier in, in this the sermons about um, the Aloha bags that we, we gave out to all of our church members. And we gave them just this little cloth bag and we said, fill it up with whatever blessings and resources and money and food, whatever you want to do, and pray about who you want to give it to. I had this one lady, this homeless lady in my neighborhood in mind, and I, I didn't see her for weeks. I literally had the bag full of all of this stuff in my truck, waiting, driving around. Whenever I would drive, I saw her a couple times and I wasn't even able to get to her. But this last week, I saw her in the parking lot and I had my son with me. And I said, Isaac, there's the lady. God told me to give, give to this lady. I've got this bag ready. I've been waiting all this time. I said, can you just jump out of the car super quick? We're at the light. Just go tell her God bless you and that we love, we love her. And so he ran over and he gave it to her. Auntie, auntie, here, God loves you. God bless you. And it's just this sign of us saying, we see you. You matter. Like, we want to make a difference in your life, whatever we can do. But you know what that did? I felt like, like I just gave away a million dollars. It was a little bag. But when we give and when we, we take the time to bless other people, 
man, we, we can't have a bad day when you're blessing someone else with a good day. So just remember, this is what we're talking about here today. So I want to give you a few things in a minute here on how to actually help other people that are going through similar battles like you are. It could be that it's the COVID-19. It could be relationship struggles. It could be financial struggles. But there's somebody else, else out there in this world that's waiting for you to bless them and that, that you've already been in similar circumstances so you know how to meet their needs. Listen to what 2 Corinthians 1 verses 3 to 5 says in the message. This is just a great way that Paul kind of summarizes what we're talking about here today. He says, all praise to God and Father of our Master, Jesus the Messiah, Father of all mercy, God of all healing counsel. And then this is what he says to describe what we're talking about today. It says that he, God, comes alongside us when we go through hard times. And before you know it, he brings us alongside someone else who is going through hard times so that we can be there for that person just as God was there for us. We have plenty of hard times that come from following the Messiah, but no more so than the good times of his healing comfort. We get a full measure of that too. You know what this is basically challenging us to do is that, man, God's going to help you through the hard times, but then he's also built you for something bigger than what you're going through. Is He's going to bring someone along that's going through a similar battle that you're going through, and he's telling you, hey, you learned a lesson. You learned something from what you went through. Now go give it away to someone else. And all I see in this is that a reminder that says there's purpose in your pain. There's, there's a purpose in your pain and what you're going through and why you had to go through that is that you can learn what God did for you in the midst of your, your pain, your worry, your fear, and your anxiety is that you actually have the opportunity now to turn that around and to bless someone else's life. There's purpose in your pain. There's purpose in your hurt, your trials, your heartache, your junk, your Whatever you want to call it, there's probably some bad words that you could say. I'm just going to say in your poop, in the, in the bad stuff, in your doo-doo that you're going through in your life. There's purpose in your pain. Can I just say this? There's purpose in your poop. I don't know if that's theologically sound, but I think it is because I want to tell you this, that you can actually take the hard stuff that you've been through, the poop, if you will, and you can allow that poop to be turned into fertilizer that was going to build growth into someone else's life. Isn't that cool? The stuff that you think is a mess and it hurts and it's terrible and it's ugly and it's, ah, uh, God's going, you can use that to grow someone else's life. So I want you to think about that. And I want to give you three helpful phrases right now that I'm hoping are going to speak into your life to challenge you and encourage you to help someone that's going through a similar battle as you right now. And if you're taking notes, write this one down. Here's the first phrase that you can speak to someone to help them out in similar circumstances. And it's a real simple phrase. It's this. It's, you got this. It's, you got this. Would you tell that to someone right now? If you're around somebody right now and you know they're going through something, similar battle, they're locked indoors, quarantine, whatever, just turn to somebody next to you right now and just go, you got this. In other words, you're, you're assuring them, you're reminding them that there's something bitter, bigger, that they don't have to fall for the lies that the enemy's speaking to them, but there's truth to be found. And I get this from Jesus' words where he said to that, that thief on the cross, I assure you. And basically, if you look back in the original language in the Hebrew, the word here that Jesus is using is, I assure you, and when some translations it says, verily, verily, I say unto you, the word here is this word, amen. It translates into the Greek, but also into the Hebrew in this case. And what it's meaning is, direct translation, it means, so be it, but it also means firm. 
that means stand firm, that this is truthful, this is solid, is don't fall onto the shaky ground of the lies and the anxiety and like, I'm never going to get through this time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fall apart. This is terrible. Is that we would speak this phrase to people that are going through tough circumstances. You got this. Remember the truth. Remember what you stand on. Stop believing all the lies of the enemy. Your day isn't that bad. You got this. Let's speak truth to them. Psalm 40 verse 2 says, God lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire, and he set my feet on solid ground, and he steadied me as I walked along. That we would be the kind of people that when someone's hurting around us and we've been there and we understand, that we could just speak words of life to them and go, hey, let me speak truth to you. Let me assure you right now. Let me speak to you that you're solid. Remember the truth. Remember that you're doing better than you think. Remember that God didn't bring you this far to let you fall right now. Remember that. Remind them of the solid truth that you got this. There's a story that I heard recently about um, someone that used to work in the hotel industry. And they used to be like a lifeguard uh, at the pools in one of the hotels. And they said it was so funny that sometimes the tourists would come over from wherever country they were or part of our country or whatever. But they came to Hawaii and they'd swim in the pool, but they didn't know how to swim. And so what would happen is they'd stay in that shallow end of the pool, but they'd slowly start going deeper to the deeper end. And then suddenly, all it took was, if you don't know how to swim, you, they're just a few inches, maybe just a couple feet into the deeper water where they can't touch anymore. And the person that was telling us was saying, it was not funny, but it was so amazing that people would feel like they're drowning and they're literally only like inches or a foot above the solid ground. But because they didn't know how to swim, they're panicking. And they're literally only a couple feet away from solid ground. And here's a, a strong premise that I found in life and an idea is this, is that we're all usually only a couple steps away from a good day. If you think about that, we're all usually just only a couple steps, a couple feet away from a really good day. If someone's going through a bad day, remember, sometimes all it takes is to put them back on the firm ground, the firm footing. They lost sight a little bit of, of who they are. They lost sight of their identity. They lost sight of, of, of the foundation that they could dwell on, that they got this. And all it takes is for you or I to come alongside and go, you know what? You got this. Let me just bring you back. You're just a couple steps away from getting your feet on solid ground. That's what the Lord does for us. Things are never as bad as they seem. And God just like, come this way just a little bit. You got this. So the first phrase is that. You would tell someone to help them out in similar circumstances. You know what, baby? You got this. Here's the second one that's a great phrase. Is This is personalizes it a little bit. Listen to this phrase. Is I got you. I got you. I got you got this. But listen, I'm also here for you. I got you. And this is in the, that verse in Luke 23, 43, where Jesus said, I assure you today, right? He's saying the amen is like, you got this. But then he says, today you will be with me in paradise. In other words, Jesus is personalizing it. And he's going, yeah, not only do you got this, but I'm here with you. Like, I got you. The verse in Ecclesiastes 4, 12, powerful verse. I love to use it a lot. I think about it a lot. It just talks about us coming alongside someone else. It says, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer, and three, even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. See, in this phrase that I'm telling you how to help someone going through the same battle is to say, I got you. What it means is this, have someone's back. Someone's hurting around you, just step in and just let them know that, that you're there, that you see them, that you got their back, 
that you're going to walk through whatever with you? Don't you love that Jesus would actually come and tell us, hey, do you guys know that one of my nicknames is this word Emmanuel? That's what Jesus tells us at times when we feel alone. He goes, by the way, just let me remind you, I'm your Lord, I'm your Savior, my nickname is Emmanuel. You know what that means? God with us. That means that Jesus is always with us. He promises he's never going to leave us. He's never going to forsake us. One of the greatest things that we can do to have a good day is to get our mind off of our bad day, is to speak into someone else's life and to say, hey, I got you. I'm here. I'm with you. I watched a webinar this past week. One of my friends put together clinical psychologist for years and years. And he really encouraged me. He was, his whole webinar was on suicide and folks that are thinking suicidal thoughts and how in this, this age right now where we're in the pandemic and all of this fear and this loneliness and anxiety, that the suicide rates, not just in Hawaii, but around the world, actually, they're spiking like crazy. There's a lot more people just feeling distraught and giving up and lonely and isolated. And it's terrible. So I, I wanted to watch this webinar because I want to I know how to help people like this. I want to know what can I do so that people would never feel that depressed and down that they would actually take their own life. And some of the things that he said were really interesting. He said, if you sent someone that really needs some help in the midst of this, is he goes, obviously, people might need to get medication. And there's people that might honestly need counseling. But then some of the other stuff that he said was they... People just need church. They need good friends. They need support groups. And he said one of the greatest things that he's found in talking to people who've attempted suicide and survived it, when he asked, like, what were you looking for? What were you hoping that, that someone would do for you? And you know what they said? This is what he said he found through all of these different interviews and all of these studies, was that people were just hoping this, that someone would just say to them, hey, what's your story? I'm interested in you. And they said if someone would have just taken the time to ask them, how are you doing? What's your story? They said it would have turned the whole thing around. They never would have attempted suicide and went there. And I was just thinking, how easy is that, is that that every single one of us, we have that ability to speak into someone else's life, to take the time. If you're a little unsure of someone and it looks like they're having a bad day and they're in the same battle as you, how hard would it be for you or I just to come alongside and say, I got, I got this. I got you. How are you doing? What's your story? Just talk to me. And all of us have that ability to support one another in that time. That's why I think it's support, so important that um, us here at Anchor Church, man, we're always making a push, I don't know if you've noticed, to get you into connect groups. Like we just think you need to be in connect groups. And literally, I think this. Our, our connect group season is starting up. Our next trimester, we're getting involved and we're trying to get into groups by Zoom and all that. And hopefully pretty soon, we're gonna be able to actually meet together in groups of 10 or less. That'll be great to see people face-to-face. -face, but I'm telling you this, it matters that you connect to someone else. It matters that when you're having a rough day, someone comes alongside and just says, hey, I got you. In fact, we want to make it easier for you through the church. If you're trying to start a group with a couple friends of yours, if you want to jump in a group that's already existing, we got a bunch of groups that you could do this, this real simple thing. Just text the word connect on your phone right now to the number that's on the screen. We're going to leave this phone number up for a few minutes here. And if you would just take the time to, to text in the word CONNECT. It can be caps. It can be lowercase. But we're just trying to say, look, it's, it's, it's not even about growing in the Lord. It is about growing in the Lord. We hope that you grow in the Lord when you jump in one of these groups. But if you can at least, at bare minimum, walk away from a group just knowing that you made a friend, that you got someone that's going to walk through life with you, that you can go and you can grow in the Lord together and you can take the next, next steps. But if you can just know that you've got friends, that someone's on your side, that there's someone there to say, I got you. 
That's all the difference in the world it can make for someone. So here's the third phrase. We, we talked about telling people, you got this. We talked about telling people, I got you. And here's a really powerful one is, is to recognize that God's got us. When Jesus said, today you will be with me, where did he say they were going to be? In paradise, which basically means with God the Father in heaven. And it's just really neat that, that Jesus is encouraging us that he's going, remember, you got this and I got you. But let's remember this, that we have a God, a heavenly father that's bigger than all of us. And he's got us all wrapped up in his arms and he, he can handle this problem. Look what it says in John 14, verse 1 and 2. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples before he was to, to go to the cross, get crucified, and then to resurrect and go back to heaven. Here's what he's telling his, his friends. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. He says, there's more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? See, what Jesus is basically saying is, hey, we're all in the same battle, but God's already won the war. And that's a good word right there, is to know that, that God's got all of us. Is that you got this, I got you, but God's got all of us together. And the worst that could happen here on planet Earth is, is not beyond the realm and the love of God's love for us. It's just a good reminder that heaven is coming. Man, the worst that this world can throw at us, remember that it's not over. Heaven is coming, and God's kingdom is actually here right now. And if you're in the family, then you can trust your father. And Jesus is reminding us is that, man, heaven is coming, and you're in the family. We're in the father's house. We live in his kingdom right now, and you can trust your heavenly father. You can trust your dad. I remember um, a few years back, the first time that I took my daughter to Waimea Bay. And you guys know Waimea has got that famous rock in the summertime. In the wintertime, it's got huge waves across the bay. The summertime, it's got that big rock, the jump rock that we all jump off of. And today, if I go to Waimea, my, my daughter bugs me all the time. She's 12 years old. She's like, Dad, let's go to Waimea all of these times. I want to go 30 times this summer. That's her goal, by the way, this summer. So if you guys want to go find me and my kids, we're going to be at Waimea this summer. But she jumps on the left side of the rock there's this one really tall rock that's called Towers. Like, apparently, all of the rock's levels have different like, names. Like the small one is called Princesses because you are like you can only jump the little one. I don't know how it works, but she loves to jump off towers. We go to Waimea. She jumps like 50 times all day long. But several years ago, the first time I took her there, she was scared. She was terrified to jump off the rock. She didn't want to jump. and I, So we went off the little one, the short one first, and I jumped first. And I was coaxing her, come on, Sammy, jump, jump. You got this, you got this, you can trust me. And there was this fear battle that was going on in her head. And you know how it is the first time you jump, it takes you like 15 minutes. You crawl up to the edge and you're like, ah, should I do it? No, 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 I'm not gonna do it. I think I can do it. No, I'm not gonna do it. And it was just this battle. You see all the, the people that jumped the first time, they're struggling. And I just remember going, come on, Sammy, I just did it. Trust dad, trust dad, you can do this thing, trust dad. And it's all about getting past your own fears and your worries and realizing, my dad's got me. I can trust my dad. He's a good father. He jumped. He's going to catch me. He's going to help me. And she took that leap of faith. And from then on, she's enjoyed and she jumps off the top. She doesn't even need me anymore. But I think this is a word for us that Jesus is trying to say, hey, today, thief on the cross, I know you're hurting. I know where you're at. But today, you're going to be with me in paradise in God's presence. Heaven is coming. God's got you. You're in the family of God. How to deal with a bad day is this, is help someone else that's going through the same battle as you. I hope that encouraged you here today. I hope that's just a little word and a vote of confidence on a way to how to, how to handle and how to deal with a bad day. 
Get your eyes on somebody else. Bless somebody else that's going through the same thing as you are. God will bless you for it. Can we just pray right now? Let's bow our heads and pray wherever you're at. Lord, we thank you for a good word today. We thank you for these statements that Jesus made on the cross. These seven lessons, Lord, that teach us that we don't have to settle for having bad days. That they're going to come along, but you've given us ways to deal with it. So, Lord, I ask that you would show us and inspire us how we can make a difference in the lives of people around us. It's going to take our eyes off of ourselves when we help and we focus on other people and, and, and teach them how to get through this battle and to live to fight another day. We may be in the battle together, God, but you've already won the war. And so, Lord, would you inspire us today to keep our eyes on you and our eyes on other people? And if you're someone here today, as I'm maybe talking to a select group of people that you've never made a commitment to God before, you've never actually ever said, I want to be a Christian. Maybe, maybe you've grown up and you knew the church and you knew God and you just kind of assume you are a Christian. But if you've never actually made that commitment in your heart, I think that's a big deal. I think that's a special holy moment that God honors and that you would make that commitment to him. So I'd, I'd love to lead you in a prayer right now where you get to actually tell God in your heart of hearts, God, I want all that you have for me. Lord, I'm tired of having bad days where I have to try to, to fight them off and, and be a good person on my own. I need your help, Lord. I need to know that you're on my side, that you got my back, and that you're going to surround me with good people, and that, that, that I'm going to live a prosperous, blessed life, because from here on out, I, I belong to you. I'm your child, and you're my father. And so if you'd like to pray this prayer, that this is the prayer that changes everything for all of eternity. If you'd like to pray this with me, I'm just going to ask in a minute here that all you have to do is, I'm going to pray the words out loud with you and for you. And I'm just going to ask you to come alongside and in your heart, just agree with the words I'm saying. Make them your words in your heart to God. Say, God, the words that Pastor Carl's saying right now, those are my words to you. God's going to hear that. He's going to honor that. He'll change your life starting right now. So if you'll allow me to pray with you right now, and if you'd like to join me in this prayer, you'll, you'll walk out of here today, wherever you're at, and you'll know that you are in the family of God, that you're his child, that he's got you, and he's going to begin to do incredible things with your life. You'll be saved, forgiven, and on your way to heaven for all of eternity someday. So if you wouldn't mind, just pray wherever you're at right now. And I'm just going to be talking to you right now as you join me in prayer. Let's pray this thing. Lord, we come before you right now. And we just tell you, God, here's our lives. Here's us. Here's all of our flaws, all of our mistakes, everything about us and who we are. And we're giving our lives to you right now. We're surrendering and submitting. And we're saying, God, we're tired of living for ourselves. We don't want to live according to this world and our own thoughts and plans for our life. Lord, today we're making the decision to say, God, we belong to you. Lord, we believe in what you did by sending Jesus to the cross, paying the price for our sin and our separation from you. And Lord, we believe that he died for those sins of ours, but then he proved that he had power over them by raising from the dead on the third day, thereby forgiving us, bringing us freedom, healing us, and allowing us to be called children of God. And from here on out, we know you for all of eternity. And when we die, that's not the end. But we know that we get to go straight to be with you in the Father's house in heaven for all of eternity. And Lord, we're counting on the fact that you're going to be in our life right now as we invite you in. You're going to be changing us and helping us and carrying us through all of those bad days, turning them into something really good so that we can bless other people by reaching out to them. Thank you, God, for receiving us right now as we cry out to you. Lord, we believe in you. We receive your, your free gift of salvation, and we're going to live for you from here on out. Thanks for being our God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you guys. Hope you have a good week.